Yoo-hoo, ASL players, Yoo-hoo. Yes, you. Guess who it is? It's us. Popping up uh, into your ears. Here we are again. The two half squads, the one and only podcast dedicated. Oh, well, that last show was about 80% to the greatest game in the world. Yeah, advanced squad leader. And we're back again for show number 174. And I'm Dave. They they call it in uh, Newark. And I'm Jeff. We are your hosts once again. Once again. We're going to kick out some shows here to make it up to you fans for waiting so long. That our little gift. I'll probably be posting these slowly. Anyway, make them wait. It's our gift. You're so lucky to have us in your lives. Like you don't have enough stuff to going on and listening to. Yeah, and, to you know, there's a lot on. of podcasts. It's it's really become a saturated field. Very saturated. And if we just ride it out, we'll still be here while everybody has given up. Because we've been doing this for... Are we still thinking of going past 200 now? Or? I don't know. We'll have to wait and we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we still have the verve. We'll have an interesting letter about it next show. Okay. Great. But, did you know, my son had an interesting thing happen with my son. He's at Illinois State University. And we didn't think they'd ever rush or pledge to a frat. Yeah. Any of our kids. Um, Any, like, texted or talking, said, yeah, I'm going to rush. We're like, oh. Wow. Okay. Is it late to rush? Can you rush in the spring? Yeah, they're running it. Maybe there was a fall one. Yeah, there's usually spring a fall rush. rush. There's a spring rush. Okay, yeah. didn't know that. Don't know anything about that stuff. Well, maybe they just do the one wintry rush yeah. now in February. But he went to the houses and, you know, like, okay. And it's, Laura's not sitting as well with it as I am okay with it. But Yeah, even because, I well, my, you were in a fraternity. I was, and that's why yeah. I have hesitation. Ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> As to whether he should, you know. You know, I don't know anybody that was in a fraternity that was like, what, so what were your frat rules? Well, everybody had to be in their beds by eight. <laughs> and uh, we prayed at every meal. I think you do have to keep a grade point average up, but it's a pretty minimal yeah, expectation. I'm sure. If so. Everything I know about frats I learned from John Belushi. <laughs> so I'm really not that well-versed. Well, we loved that film. That's for sure. So, yeah, that's kind of surprising to me, too, that he wanted to do that. Well, but, yeah, so we yeah. said, well, go ahead and rush. Um, he was losing a few friends who weren't staying at the school. Uh, so I think, you know, this would be a good opportunity to meet more people. I did make good friends, you know. Mm-hmm. I still see Rick and Jim and people from the frat. And, but anyway, so he uh, is, like, messaging my new phone, my new smartphone. Oh, Dave got uh-huh. an iPhone. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's got a smartphone. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's been on it. Actually, the the whole last episode, Dave was texting. <laughs> you were not paying attention at all. Yeah, so we had him messages like, uh, "What do you say?" I'm looking at Acacia and some other one. Is and that was, a is that a frat? Well, Acacia. Yes, it's the only fraternity to have a name instead of Greek letters. Whoa. And guess which fraternity I was in at Illinois Wesleyan University, right down the street from his college, Illinois State University. Acacia? I am an Acacia. <gasps> Whoa. Well, I he's got a... That, doesn't that kind of give him a shoe in somehow? Is it some well, sort interestingly, of... interestingly, he messages and says, uh, yeah, so Jeff Bowes? And I'm like, that was my frat brother a year or two below me. 
He's great still, guy. Boy, he's but he's still in school. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Is yeah, that what you were thinking? <laughs> wow. There's a guy who really loved Greek life. Well, he did love the Greek life because he is the chapter advisor for the Illinois State no University kidding. Education House. So I reply, uh, yeah, that was my pledge brother, or not pledge brother, but frat guy. And a uh, great guy. Liked him a lot. Jeff Bose. Yeah. And uh, he replied again, and he said, uh, yeah, he's the chapter advisor. And then he messaged a little later. I guess he was still there talking to him maybe or texting on the side when – uh, you were his dungeon master in college. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, oh yeah. I think he played a fighter. Uh, yeah, for sure. He was in my D and D campaign, and so yeah, this was getting going great. And then, then he texts back later. Her message says, "Oh, I'll be the first legacy at this chapter if I pledge." Wow. So I'm like, well, you make your own. You know, try and make a godly response responsible decision i'm not mm-hmm. pushing him at all yeah now you have to remember over there we were at illinois state for the some visiting a lot of parents there and there were these really drunk guys on a balcony in an apartment complex saying very inappropriate things to the girls actually i'm, oh, I'm getting a little pissed about it now very inappropriate something yeah. like uh, hey bring your daughter over here like two two adu- two pa- oh is this that, is when you were down, horrible when illinois you were down there taking your son down yes there? yeah yeah. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. Well, you just yell that to some parents in the parking lot. Yeah. Boy, I'm really getting ticked now. Yeah. So, so if you guess if you live in the apartments, you can be just as bad off as yes. in what a frat. I lived in an apartment. Like. We were horrible. <laughs> at college? Yeah. Where did you live? Uh, I lived at the Trigon Apartments at the University of Illinois in Urbana. Oh, isn't that a party school? Not no, not in those days. <laughs> Didn't I go there? For like some big street, fe- no, it's Carbondale. Uh, Carbondale was a very big party school. Oh, that was Southern. Yeah, yeah. No, U of I. I mean, of course, it was. It's the biggest. It was one of the biggest schools in the country at the time. It may have been the biggest university at the time. Yeah. So there were like thirty-six thousand students, something like that. But and you lived in an apartment with friends then, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have friends in college? I did. Yeah, I haven't seen them since. We were very close. I haven't seen them since. Talked to them on Facebook a little bit, and they're like, hey. I wrote them, hey, man, I haven't talked to you since college. One guy, I was I was the best man at his wedding. Mm-hmm. Found him on Facebook. Hey, Bill, how's it going? Hey, I got all these pictures, you know, from your wedding. I don't know if I ever got them to you. He's like, eh, yeah, send them to me if you want, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. I thought, <laughs> well, I guess I didn't make much of an impression. Someday that'll be me, too. And be like, hey, it's Jeff, your old half squad's buddy. Yeah. I'll be like, who? Yeah, who? <laughs> Wait, were yeah. you also in the Spine and Sprocket yeah. thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I had the long hair and I didn't never, never knew anything. I didn't know any of the rules. You, you kept having to remind me that six and one is seven. <laughs> yeah. So, Adam, so, anyhow, so what's happening with Adam? Yeah, yeah. so. Legacy, and I said, "Well, yeah, I, I guess I never told you, but I was a uh, vacation at Wesleyan and a different chapter. But I guess does that make you a legacy?" And then they thought it did. So isn't that interesting? <laughs> and so I went and dug out my pledge paddle from the bottom of my drawer, pants drawer at home, because it's a paddle, 
wap in your hiney. Oh, yeah. Pants drawer is appropriate. Yes. Even though tonight we're not wearing pants. We're never. I'm glad you didn't bring the paddle. Though. <laughs> yeah, and it's symbolic purely, but it had my pledge number and from my pledge dad to me, and it's got the acacia symbol, and I showed it to Aaron. He's like, Dad, you never really talk about all this. I go, well, you know, Jim and Rick are my frat friends, you know, so, but I don't make a big deal of it. So there it went. He pledged. How about that? He did. And I, oh, I talked to Jeff Bowes at school. He, he, he oh, called you did. me in the morning. Wow. During class, I said, I can't talk. It's Does class. he want to play D&D? Uh, you know, I should have asked. Yeah. Um, but I said, We need a good fighter. Calling you back. Calling you back. And he, uh, Gave me the lowdown. I'm like, okay, what is this house like? So, yeah. And he said, no, it's got the highest GPA. It's not oh. like when we were in school. Yeah. It's a much safer place. Sure, there's regular frat stuff, but, you know. So I felt good about it. There's several guys that don't drink at all, don't party. Yeah. So I just felt good. You need a mix of people. You yes. You don't need everyone being a crazy guy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that's my about crazy that? story. Of wow. Him meeting my frat buddy, and then Jim McDermott emailed me and said, "Hey, he was on Spine and Sprocket with us." Yes, and he said, uh, "Well, it would be cool. We can all go down for like the ritual, whatever, or the initiation thing." And yeah, you, me, and Bozerman, and you know, over your son, and I think it's a. They, think- they liked it more than they liked their college days. You know, some people really kind of. What am I trying to say? Not. Overly love it, but it meant a lot to them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're closer. Yeah, with that. Whereas to me, high school was really formative. So if I, if you had to choose one, would you go back to college or high school? Oh, I'd rather go back to jail. <laughs> <laughs> then go my to- years, my years in the big pen were excellent, actually, in comparison to high school or college. No, <laughs> oh, really, yeah. I didn't really like uh, high school or college. Really? No. You, you know, you seem it was like o- a college was, guy. It was okay. The intellectual okay. stimulation. The, yeah, that the was women. You didn't get. Uh... No, I didn't really get that many women, uh, and I wasn't uh, involved in anything. You know, it was a couple of years. It was just a couple of years before Gary Gygax and company invented Dungeons and Dragons, and I don't know. At that time. Well, I guess uh, Avalon Hill was doing games and stuff at that time, but I didn't know anything about it. Should have, though. I, I, I wasn't involved in any groups or anything. I didn't you like the to. idea of fraternities. That whole thing kind of scared me because you had to eat fish and yeah, you know, swallow. I don't mean like like an, a nice uh, Dover sole <laughs> with almondine, but I mean, you know, you'd, you'd have to swallow goldfish and do, the, do that. Yeah, my hazing. Had, Did you had, have hazing? No, we had we. Can I say this on the air? Is this I, a, am I, I sworn to secrecy? Uh, we went without sleep for a very long time. <gasps> and horrible. That was the extent of it. Oh, well, okay. we did lineups. We did sir, yes, sir, and I liked it. I got into it. I thought it was all pretty cool. Cleaning the house for Hell Week. I was all good with that. No physical hazing whatsoever. Oh, I good. guess you yeah. caught a little bit of mental hazing, but it was kind of cool. Yeah. I thought, honestly. Okay. And I don't think they're even going to do that today because they don't keep them up anymore like they did us. And um, they sh- should have some of the same rituals. So in the end, I can do the secret handshake with my son when he gets through. Well, that'll be Is there a secret handshake? Yeah. You want me to show you? Yeah. Here, it goes like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, wow. You, you occasions I did not show him yeah, the secret no. handshake. 
So anyway, that's my little... Well, you'll have to keep us up to date on how that goes. Oh, let's hope it all goes well. But again, my friend Rick said, even if in the dorms stuff goes on, I thought, well, yeah, I was doing the same bad things in the dorms that I did at the front. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, when I, I lived in the dorms, there was plenty of crazy stuff. stuff going on. Yeah. Ah, Dave. Oh, Jeff, this is fantastic. Can't believe we're here. Cuba, beautiful Cuba, Havana, the, the home of Ricky Ricardo. Cuba Libre! It's beautiful here. That's what they yelled. Cuba Libre. When the Cubans gained their independence from Spain. I love just strolling the streets of Cuba. You find the most amazing stuff. Look, what? Look at this. What, a game what? store. A game store. What's that in the Look window? Is this a game on the Cuban Revolution? It's Bounding Fire Productions. ASL here in Cuba. Here in Cuba. Thanks, Obama, for opening up the trade with Cuba. Wonder which came first, Obama or Bounding Fire? Oh. They may have opened the door to this whole new era. They have all these great Bounding Fire products. It's great. They've got Into the Rubble. Into the Rubble, too. Into Havana. Into Havana, also. Crucible of Steel. Crucible of Very Hot Sauce. I'm loving this hot crucible, sauce. Crucible of Guacamole. Telling you what. Beyond the Beachhead 2. Blood and Jungle. Okay, look at this. You Every can... single amazing Bounty Fire product. Who would think, coming all the way to Cuba, we would find all this great ASL stuff? Wow! I know what I'm going to be spending my money on. I'm taking back all these stinking cigars... <laughs> I'm going to take me home some Bounding Fire. And you know, and if, if they charge for these games by the pound, these Bounding Fire products would be the most expensive. But they're not. This is an amazing bargain for your, for your money. And you know what the truth is? You don't have to go to Cuba to get Bounding Fire Productions products. How can we get them, Jeff? Just go to BoundingFire.com. Tell them the two half squads sent you. Well, uh, the only hazing that I really ever took part in was getting into ASL, <laughs> which has been 10 years of hazing. <laughs> abuse. Abuse. Lots of abuse. Torture. No sleep. People saying mean things. What are you getting into there? I was just handling this thing you handed me. Is it's it time for, for this? Show. Oh, it's for next show? I think so. This I'm show, put it you away. just put that away, sir. All right. This one. I'm getting ahead of myself. We have a little episode, part of the show called, you know what time it is? What time is it? It's, it's time, time for What's in the Box. And this would be ASL Journal 12. 12, 12, 12, 12. And hard on the heels of ASL Journal 11 comes ASL Journal 12. And actually very hard on the heels. It, I mean, it, like, it does just come out. It, it seems, seems like, like it just came out. Now, the difference in thickness here right away. Can you check pages on 11? Journal 11 has uh, 58 pages plus cover. Excuse me. Back page, 39. 39. So okay, getting, so it's a little bit, bit lighter less, weight. But uh, I don't remember if the price was the same or different but you know what it's asl and yeah yeah opening up at the page here inside cover umpires view they're talking about the red factories this is a big push the korea coming out 
Uh, Red Factories is, oh, that's a scenario pack or something coming out? This is the combined Red Barricades with the name of the other game I couldn't think of last show. Valor of the Guards. That thank you. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious. Valor of the Guards. It's not important that we remember everything. <laughs> that makes it that somehow that adds more value to the show because we don't remember most stuff. I, I hope it's yeah. entertaining for somebody. Yeah. But uh looking ahead here at the We like it. <laughs> at the Empire's view. How Legion's coming out with the soldiers of the Nagus. Wow. Also, which I have played all those with Dave Timonen. Those were the Ethiopian and the Italian Italy. Oh yes, Ethiopia. right. You yeah, know, and this is why we baby. don't do comedy bits anymore. Because we used to, we got a lot of mileage out of our comedy bits in the early shows, from the fact that a lot of this stuff was hard to get, um, impossible to get. Oh, correct. And now you can get now a lot can... of this stuff, and so the comedy yeah. bits went away. Almost, almost all of it. We're gonna have to turn to politics uh, for comedy. Yeah, the uh, Denant is gonna go into also oh, the French. That'll be sweet. Croix de Croix, Croix de Guerre. Croix de Guerre. Uh, boy, we got in trouble for that. Yeah, fifty shows ago. Yes, doing we did. That, saying that word. Uh, supposedly, the little Swedish volunteers may make a comeback. Also, it's the white counters. Mm. I have that game. And inside here, the the journal page three, you're looking at the red factories, and look at the picture they chose. Jeff. That's that Do you beautiful picture. This? Yes, the picture of the the statue of the kids doing like a ring around the rosy, which was the fountain statue in the middle of. That's what I Stalingrad. thought it was a Is fountain. That what it was? And it, but you know there's an alligator in there, and I don't see a. Oh, and there's one kid missing, but mm. his leg is in the alligator's mouth. <laughs> no, but it's snapping oh. at someone. I don't remember the alligator, but with the burning rubble in the background, yeah, it's it's weird. It's, yeah, it's, it's my favorite kind picture, of a spooky picture. Yeah, of the whole thing. Yeah, and I first saw it in that movie, Clockwork Orange. I've never seen that. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. A spine and sprocket. Really? Novel. Do we have to read the book? We got to read the book. It's short. Okay. It's a great book. Yeah. I think I read it once. Okay. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah. It's good at Kurt school Vonnegut. was reading it. Not a, I haven't read a lot of Kurt Vonnegut. but It's not Vonnegut. Yeah. Clockwork Orange? No. Yeah. And the movie was done by Stanley Kubrick, but the yes. book was written by Kurt Vonnegut. No. No? Meredith someone. Meredith McRae? I loved her in Petticoat Junction. No, the guy that played the Penguin. Burgess Meredith. Burgess. <laughs> right? No? He didn't write it? Red Clockwork Orange. Red Factories. With the greatest photo ever. And look, there's one of these things you can point your oh, phone at. Oh, Anthony Burgess. Anthony Burgess. Not Burgess Meredith. Not Burgess but you Meredith. See, but you could see why I thought of that. But I've read other science fiction type uh, stuff by Anthony Burgess, I, so that's why. But starting... Uh, starring Malcolm McDowell? Yeah, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Roddy McDowell's brother. Yeah. I, 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 I used to love that film. I don't know if it'll hold up. We, and my one friend just loved the first half. All the ultraviolence. Yeah. Videoel, little brother's videoel. Nothing. Me and me droogs. Yeah, don't know. You, oh, man. Nothing you're saying is And we went out in. to play a little chicken of the road. Don't oh, know. No, hogs, hogs of the road. Nope. You're speaking Greek to me. Travelers of the Nights. Or they're driving head-on into traffic, coming in, <laughs> hogs of the road. Do I have to get trailers. high to watch this film? No, you don't. Okay, because I've never gotten high. It's, it's, you might want to have a little bit of that Tito's. Little Tito's? Okay. And then first article by Peter Struf. Struf. 
I'm sure that's how he pronounces it. How would you pronounce that? <clears throat> Peter. That's all I would say. Dun, 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 oh, yeah. Dun. There you go. <laughs> that's how. A dose of antifreeze. Defending against vehicle bypass move freeze tactics. Oh. Hey, can I read you a little bit of this? Yes, please. We've got to fill a whole show up. Because that's a good you one. Know. That's important. And it is. So, the basis of the freeze move. Uh, limits... Fire options for infantry, right? If you tell us what happens. Right. When you do vehicle bypass freeze, you move your armor fighting vehicle into a hex containing a, a, a enemy units, and they can't fire outside the hex. So you can run all your other units naked down the street, but they can't fire at them. So he's he's got a, a fix for that. How to protect against it. I'm and assuming. it also applies to, it says, if you are in an upper level location of a building when the AFV is crew exposed or open topped. Okay. Even in the upper levels. Now, I just so played can't, Spilky. Oh, so they can't fire outside the hex because they would be firing at the open top vehicle. Yeah. yeah. It's it's brutal. But I just played Spilky in this Panzer Spirit game. We'll talk about it next show. Okay. And uh, he did that to me all over the place. And I didn't do some of these basic tactics. So so listen well, children. Okay. Yes. Vidi well, my brothers. I'm... Me and me droogs going out for a little ultraviolence. <laughs> <laughs> I would play the Clockwork Orange music, but I don't know what that is. I'll probably add it in. Yeah. I had okay. the record album in college. You did? Really? Yeah. yeah I wonder if I have the CD. See, I... I, I think I do. The record I bought was the the uh, album for to the movie Billy Jack. Did you really? Yeah. Yes. One Tin Soldier. Yes. I used that to was dig my that album. Song. Huh? That song is corny, but I used to dig it. Yeah, I liked that song. And I used to say "dig it" a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, tell me more of this article, like so I, we can dig it together. <laughs> um, well, it's not about uh, <laughs> trenches <laughs> or foxholes. Okay. Get it? Dig it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, one, the enemy moves uh, some of his AFV first uh, or very early in, in his movement phase, ending the movement in motion and, by, and bypass in your key uh, defending units, thereby preventing from fire. Why did I just read that? You just said it. Yeah. Two, your opponent's main intent is not to adversely affect your infantry directly, to break or eliminate them, right? Obviously, no, he's just trying to... to- just to hold their fire. Yeah. And three, by ending this movement phase in motion and in bypass, he's reduced the vulnerability to close combat for you. Yes. Avoided all risk of bog and so on. So three basic rules to note. This is where it gets a little complicated. Oh, okay. Listeners good. may want to switch over to Spine and Sprocket <laughs> while we cover the intricacies of... Check back with us in 10 minutes. We'll probably be through this. <laughs> if we're still awake. The go. La- and go. The last sentence of A... 7.211 states that your infantry and the enemy AFV are marked with a CC counter at the end of the AFV's movement phase, which means that, A, your infantry is held in melee or not held in melee. It's a CC counter. At the end of the movement phase? At the end of the AFV's movement phase. It's marked with a CC counter, which I'm sure I don't do, but... Uh, no, not at that point. They're You're not right. They're not no. locked in. No. So that means you can break and route away from this location. Ah, okay. Now, that doesn't always yeah. help you win the game. No, but you can get out. But you can get out. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. That. Interesting. And B, 
that if no new enemy infantry advance into your location to result in a possible melee, your units are free to leave the location normally in their next movement phase. Oh, okay. I don't All right. know if I know that or not. I, I, don't, I guess that makes sense. I don't remember thinking that a lot. Like, oh, well, I'll just move out next phase. Because often you want to hold that building. Yeah. Often. Yeah. But they're not it locked. It depends on the circumstances, obviously. Yeah, but they're not locked in there. So that's important to know. And secondly, the second rule is found in concealment table, case A, which states that concealment is lost immediately and any dummies are removed once the enemy AFV ends its movement phase in bypass of your location. Why is that good? I don't know. Okay. I was hoping you'd... Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't see why that would be of benefit. You'd lose concealment. Mm, I don't know. Well. I'm glad you didn't prepare further on this. Well, I did, I'm kidding. I did highlight I'm kidding. this. Um, thirdly, as per rule 9.223, any existing fire lane established by your infantry must be canceled the moment and crew exposed enemy AFE enters the machine gun's location. Yeah. Or buttoned up AFE ends its movement phase in the location. Oh, wow. Now that's... So that's you, a, if it's crew exposed, the fire lane ends... As soon as, as, soon as he enters. But if because you'd be redirecting toward that. that yeah. Probably. That's the way to think of that, huh? And but if he ends his movement phase... Buttoned up. Buttoned up. Then that ends the... Then that ends the fire lane. Right. So, you, but he stays in so, motion. So I think he's saying you can keep your fire lane. Keep your fire lane if he's buttoned up. Yeah. Okay. Until the end. Okay. That's what he's saying. All right. So vehicle bypass movement therefore can be can can therefore be used to knock out your fire lane, making it a less attractive defensive option. If the attacker still has AFPs that can reach your machine guns. But anyway, so then he talks about the rules for entering the location. Then he gets into the reaction fire. So this is the close combat reaction Mm, fire over here. On page five, Peter's talking about um, during any movement point expenditure by the enemy AFV in bypass of your location, you have options to do what? Do you know? No. Close combat reaction fire. Okay. First, the units have to do what to always attack a vehicle? Uh, They have to pass a uh, patsy. That is correct. To do so. And if allowed to make the close combat reaction fire attack, your infantry will usually receive the Neg 1 Street fighting ambush. Hmm. Okay. Usually. Usually. Regardless of the patsy outcome or your CC reaction fire actions during the movement phase, your infantry may attack the AFV again in the close combat phase. So right. learn that and do that. Take your patsy, get your attack often at an egg one, right. and then in close combat, you attack again. Yeah, because obviously the idea of vehicle bypass freeze is good, but it's not like the vehicle is in there without risk. Yes. So you, you need to be mindful of who you're going against in that move. Because yes. Because they could catch you in close combat. If you're going there in open top, obviously they can be firing at you. Yes, and then he he kind of lays out this how a close combat value for a crew, for a squad. We won't go over that in detail. But he does have some modifiers down here. To Don't forget these. Um, do you know what they might be? What's the uh, plus what for going against a motion vehicle? Uh, two. Correct. Yeah. And 
we said neg one for street fighting or ambush. Right, which I didn't remember. So that, and it doesn't matter where you are. It's considered street fighting I, for this in vehicle bypass, bypass thing. I think so. I think, yeah, I kind of remember that vaguely. Yeah, and then comes the most important part, which you must know by heart, the negatives that go to your attacks now. Well, you just mentioned one street fighting, but minus four leadership. Yeah. And what is the negative if it doesn't if the vehicle doesn't have a manned usable machine gun? Hmm. Don't know. Neg one. Neg one. Okay. And what is it if it's open topped? Minus two. Correct. And if it's immobile. Another one. Yes. And then he lays out this nice little table, which over here on page five, which shows you the situations and what the die rolls would be. So if you have just a four, five, eight against this vehicle he shows, uh, eliminated on a close combat die roll of three, a burning wreck on a two. That doesn't sound like a very good deal. But when you pit an open-topped, buttoned-up vehicle, half tracks. Often people will use those because they have to, to try and get you to not shoot out of that hex in desperation. Yeah, right. I mean, normally you wouldn't want to, but what other use may you have for that half track at some well, point? Well, that's true. And some people plan on that. Yeah. And so then you got a four, four, seven, and 8 neg 1 leader immobilized on a die roll of 9. Whoa. Eliminated 7-8. Burning wreck. Yeah. 6 or less. It's risky. Yeah. But like you say, if you've got half-tracks that you don't know what to do with. Then you don't care if they're killed anyway. I, I guess. On the well, other hand, when, when I end up in those situations where I think, oh, I've got these half-tracks or trucks or whatever it might be on it that I don't know what to do with, I know what the problem is. I'm not a good player. Because <laughs> the good player, because I'll play they Rich. They do something You know, when them. I play Rich or I uh-huh. play you, yeah. you, you do something well, with them. Well, I, always, I don't. Rich does. He's always moving them. He's moving his troops around with them. He's... He's doing all kinds of things. He's using them correctly. They're not just in the scenario for no reason, you know. Yeah, he used them to smoke me and to move up like yeah. assault move with them. Right. Or armored assault. Armored assault, yeah. And you're going, yeah, I know all those rules, but, boy, I just don't. Yeah, but th- this is yeah, this is good. Well, taking a look at this situation, it's a Stug 3B. It doesn't have a usable machine gun. So if you have a Neg 1 street fighting, wow. Neg 1 leader, yeah, no machine gun Neg 1. And then motion plus two, you still you get probably, a you got a good chance burning wreck on a four or less and immobilize it on a seven. Yeah, so yeah, good chance. And then down here, uh, another option, residualize. And in this one, he's pointing out you want to fire. And this is what I did not do against Rich because I knew his infantry's coming up. He has to get in this building. Yeah, tank pulls up. All you got's a squad and a machine gun or something, right? Just a squad. What do you do? If it enters your hex, you can't shoot out. Right. So what do you do? Leave. To stop the infantry. <laughs> you kill next, next movement phase or break and round. But you have to hold that building. Panzerfaust. <laughs> Panzer Shrek. Tell a knock-knock joke? Yeah, well, you could. You shoot your inherent firepower. Four doubled eight. What's that going to do to an armored tank buttoned well, up? Nothing, if it's buttoned up. Nothing. What does it leave in the hex? Residual. And then, when the infantry charge the hex to enter it in close combat, or get adjacent to going in close combat. Oh, okay. So there's infantry coming along? Are you talking... Oh, yeah, yeah. Were you you were sorry. talking about armored yeah, assault or point, something? No, no. Infantry have to take that building. 
this, okay. this okay. turn. Assuming you're holding a building. Okay, I got you. That's yeah. what I should have done with oh, Okay. So shoot anyway. The tank comes next to you. To leave residual. Fire. Put in the resid. Infantry have to get okay. in there somehow. Yeah. And maybe having to go around your resid may slow them down too much. So right. that okay. is okay. Okay. residualize, That's, he calls yes, it. residualize. Then over here he has figures one we and two. We shall residualize. Figure one and two. With some illustrations. And I thought I'd read this to you. The moment this ordeal's over, you must spring back to life and pay attention. If your units have survived enemy fire and you can allow the position itself to be lost, you may opt to voluntarily break at the start of your route phase. Moving player routes first. So at the start of your route phase, you can see exactly what your route pass options are. In many cases, facing bad odds, this may be the best choice. Do not hesitate to annoy your opponent by ending his opportunity to kill your young troops. Well, we kind of already talked about that, but do you want to read these two? See what you think of those? Or <clears throat> In that second col- column. These two, the one marked one and two? No, these uh, pencil. These two paragraphs. Okay. Yeah, they're marked one and two. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> one, the defender will have favorable odds with the ambush die roll. Since the plus two for a vehicle and almost always applicable plus one for buttoned up die roll modifier will apply to the attacker's die roll. If you achieve ambush, you can withdraw before any close combat attacks are made. There's something to think about. Or you can go through a round of close combat attacks and withdraw afterwards. That's a good idea. Number two, the presence of the AFE invokes sequential close combat, which means your units get to attack first. If your defenders manage to eliminate the enemy infantry, possibly due to the ambush mentioned above, the bypassing AFE will be the only attacker left. Its motion status will be half the firepower of its coaxial machine gun, if it have one, has one, which is quite unlikely to do much damage. The best news in this case is that no melee results. Your units are not held by a motion AFE, and they may freely move out at the start of your next movement phase. There you go. Some practical ways yeah. of using the ideas oh, that he's good. talking about there. And then he has this little scenario, Frozen. Nice title, isn't it? Yeah. And it's simply a couple Russian squads and some German tanks and infantry, and you play on a half board for two turns. Oh, cute. practice your... VBM freezing in your tactics. Okay, okay. Yes, and he's got a couple of extra tables there at the top of the page. Residualize or resist, which yeah. kind of encapsulates wanna, what he's talked about. Yep, do you want to fire, yeah. right, and the benefits of doing it mm-hmm. not? Or do you want to hold your fire so you can do a better close right. combat kind of oh, nice. reaction fire? And in the next two pages, he's just laying out an examples from the little scenario Frozen. And the German setup and how he's played that out. Oh yeah, terms. going into a lot of detail there of laying resid. Yep, who's hidden? Why you'd stay hidden here? Good, and so on. And this uh, a tip from the trenches. Oh, why did I say over here? Uh, sidebar plane by the movement point. Apparently, I thought this might be nice. A vehicle which ends its movement phase with movement point remaining is assumed to use all those movement points in the hex. Right. The expenditure of movement points without moving is termed delay. Yes. And can be only used when it's stopped or using platoon movement. A vehicle may, as it enters a new hex, declare a higher than necessary movement point expenditure. I'm sure you've seen Rich do all these things. So that you're not 
delaying while you're in the hex. And a vehicle may end its movement phase in motion without spending all of its movement points, only if it has insufficient movement points remaining to enter the next hex as it wishes. So go back to that, to the previous one, if you would. You can declare more than necessary to enter a hex. So you've got five movement points left. You've only got one clear hex to walk to that roll you into. Get into. You, you say, can say, I'm going to spend all five to get in here. Yep. So again, people use that to hide behind buildings and then shoot across the road yeah. and stay out of line of sight longer. But also he's talking about, um, no, this is, does not relate to the freeze move. No, it did. He also kind of related to the freeze move in this little sidebar. Okay. But this then tips from the trenches. Oh, Festung Budapest is now available from MMP, a limited reprint. I don't know if it has a box or not, but there is a... Yes, I remember seeing already. an email did about you know? that. Yeah. It what? It sold out, I yeah, guess. Yeah, pretty amazing. Well, they only printed 10 copies. <laughs> Tips from the Trenches goes into this whole Chinese player with Death Dare squads, but it really doesn't seem like a tip from the trench anymore. It just seems like a rule explanation. Mm. Remember when the tips from the trench, we used to be able to do the grumpy old man or the, you say that your enemy troops are bothering (laughs) your kids? You can't do that with this. No, you can't. It's just saying your guys can... It's an explanation of the rules. Yeah, it's just a big explanation of the rule. So, wah, wah. yes, bad MMP, bad tips from the trench. And then here's a crossfire playing by Action Pack 119, Konev Cross, John Slotwinski, and Phil Palmer. I haven't heard these guys before. So let's thank them for contributing. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I told you I used to really diligently read all these. I gotta confess, I didn't. And my problem—they they don't show the setups enough with these. They they lay them out with V six, six two eight, a light machine gun, hex Z seven, a forty five LAT gun, covered arc X seven. But it, they don't have a picture. Yeah, there's no pictures. It's what? it's theater of the mind. Well, here's an opening picture, and it's just showing you the victory point buildings. That's cheesy. So, oh, now let's not be critical. It's, I'm it's sorry. lovely. It's ASL. But here's some advanced nuggets. This next article. <laughs> oh, advanced nuggets. All right. Or ASL rules I didn't have right by Paul Sidu. Oh, yeah. I always, these are my favorite. And rules you didn't know, you didn't know. And I think stuff like episode that. like yeah. 10 or 20, I think I had read my list that I compiled when I yes, reread the rules. Yeah, which was great. Yeah, I think yeah, I Paul that. stole that idea from me. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, he owes you big time. So here's stuff Paul forgot. Let's see if you know them. A hexide covered by water from a water obstacle? Mm-hmm. And then woods in the next hex there? Mm-hmm. Can you bypass that? Hexite is covered by water. No. Pond or something. I'm going to say no. You are correct. And already see... Don't, don't you ever question my <laughs> authority again. An already CX unit. Can it enter a deep stream? Oh, wow. Now I'm going to say no. Now I don't... I. I don't remember that rule at all, but I'm going to say that can't possibly be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he 
he forgot part of the rules, so the fact that we don't remember it at all. Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, he can. He can. This is an exception. He can, but he drowns. This, this is an exception to advancing a CX unit. Oh, no kidding. Not being able to advance into a hex, which would cause it to become CX. So it's a little exception. But he can. Okay. All right. How about this? Encirclement. Can you impose it by long-range fire? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I'm going to say no. You are correct. Yeah. You may not. Okay. So don't let your friends do that to you. Yeah. Can a pinned unit change its covered arc? Um, can a pinned unit change its covered arc? Yes. Sorry, no. Oh. He's pinned, I guess. Hmm. Residual firepower. It's I'm just trying to think of why you would want... Well, I guess you might want to... With for, a machine gun? Yeah, for future... I mean, you can't fire... Well, if someone's running at you from two directions, you first fire your... You're, yeah, you're pinned, right. You get pinned, and you can't turn the machine gun to okay. the other side. Okay, yeah. In the woods. yeah, yeah, okay. Residual firepower is reduced by a column when the firer is buttoned up. And also, if the crew is inexperienced. Mm-hmm. This is one he says he's misplayed forever. Hmm. He knew a buttoned-up tank couldn't interdict, but never made this association for a main armament residual firepower oh, reduction. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember to leave residual when I'm firing a buttoned-up vehicle. Like the main armament, right? It's supposed to leave resid, isn't it? Well, if it's a machine gun. No, what about an explosion? Residual? Main armament. No. What game are you playing? So the machine gun. I do, yeah, I don't, okay. Good, because I don't do that. No, there's no residual for a for a gun. Can ATRs leave residual? And I take can, rifles? Oh, can ATR? No. No, yeah. absolutely not. You're correct. Yeah. A unit under ammo shortage that rolls a 12. Uh, what, is what there a question? To him? Yeah. Oh. Um, a unit under ammo shortage that rolls a 12. TI counter. No, normally you. What would you do? Normally, is you replace the unit or something? His point is a small. It's a. It never leaves residual firepower. A unit under oh, ammo it? shortage that rolls a twelve never leaves residual. Okay. From Journal Six, fire lanes. Are they canceled immediately when an AFV enters the fire lane? Units hex. Oh, we just learned this. We just other. learned this. Only if they are crew exposed. Correct. A button up only cancels it when it ends its movement when phase. When it there. ends its movement phase. How about that? And I remembered it all the, from <laughs> 10 minutes ago. <laughs> My short-term memory problem is fixed. You know, Tito's fixes everything. To voluntarily break? Um, that's what I would do. When I went to war... I would. That's the first thing I would do is voluntarily break. <laughs> Even if Patton hit me on the head with his gloves, I wouldn't care. To do to do that, may do you have to be in normal range, or can you be in long range of an enemy unit? <clears throat> oh boy, 
I'm going to say nor- you have to be a normal range. Normal is correct. Yeah. I think he's been playing that wrong. A woods or building hex that is equal distance to the enemy unit and thus not a valid route target may be routed through without having to stop there. He's just saying. He learned this one from Melvin Falk at the Scandinavian Open. Hmm. Can you use low crawl to enter a marsh or a non-dry stream? Uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. You'd be drowning. I don't think I knew that. Though. What if you cut the reed, you know, like <laughs> they do, in, and breathe through that? <laughs> that should help you. You can't low crawl through a marsh or yeah. stream. Yeah, that makes sense. And you'd get doity anyway. Can an original 12 rally die roll rally anyone on boxcars? Um, no. Even if you got nags or pluses or something? Oh, no, no, right, no. No, uh, no. You're correct. The answer is no. The answer is no. It's very interesting that so many of these things have happened to me. And I always think, ah, I, I just, I haven't played enough ASL to cover all this stuff. But a lot of this stuff has happened to me. And mm-hmm. tanks can claim wall advantage, right? And they or be or be hull down. Yes. Can trucks? No. You're correct. Oh, here's a little one about Maltoffs. They cannot be used against an adjacent target if the attack is through what kind of terrain? Do you know? Um. You want to throw the small toff at the adjacent hex? Well, I don't know. Uh, woods? Yes. Yeah, I would a say woods. Woods or orchard hex yeah. okay. I guess you hit the trees. Yeah. I, I remember reading that or knowing that, but I don't know if I remember it when I'm playing. doesn't come up that often, but um, yeah. Can a like a 7-0 leader or an 8-neg one or something rally a broken commissar? Oh, hi. Uh, no, I think they got to kill him. <laughs> You're and correct. Dress him. He has to rally himself. That's some chapter A Y'all got to rally your own self. He's got some chapter B stuff here, terrain. A ground level hex adjacent to a marsh hex requires a bog check. It's embarrassing to say he forgot this in the plane of the Legus assault guns. Units may never gain. So, so enter, just en- entering now. a hex that's adjacent to a marsh hex requires a bog still check. requires a bog, bog check. Yeah, yeah. kind of like, and you can't enter the marsh hex at all. I correct. I think so. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I forgot. I think I that's forget one that. I forget. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know desert. Like if you're adjacent to certain train, right? Hamada or whatever, you also can get a bog check. Hamada, so Hamada, Hamada, Hamada. I know to check that yeah. one. Uh, when you're kindling, do you apply the labor status? I, you know, every scenario one, says kindling is NA. It's not. It's not one that comes up that often anymore. Uh, let me think. Uh, kindling, labor status. I don't. You know, in the times I've done kindling, I don't remember applying that. But so I'm going to say you, no. You can't. Okay. All right. Uh, if you have a gun in a pillbox, and it's a small target size, do you add that plus one for small target? 
if you're firing at a gun in, in a, pill a pillbox, box, no. You're right, no. You got to fire through that yep. slit. It's hard enough. Yeah. I mean, you got to fire through that plus five or whatever Here, it is anyway. Do you want to read these uh, chapter D, E, and G ones to us? Yeah, I'll do a couple. Let me do a couple. Hand me, hand that over, Dave. Okay, I'll do this uh, chapter G. Japanese may convert any AT mine factors to daisy chains. Right. Very good. Uh, a bog check for entering or changing covered arc in dense jungle, jungle incurs an additional plus what die roll modifier? Two. Excellent. A uh, tank hunter heroes may only be set up using hip if the enemy has AFVs. Correct. Oh, yeah, right. That's the end of it. Yep. If the enemy has AFEs. This is a change made to the second edition of Chapter G. Oh. How about that? Tank hunter heroes are considered unarmed for most, most purposes, such as? Uh, close combat with infantry. Uh, 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 when they go to parties at the friend's house. Yes, yes that's it. Oh, for schools, they have the no-gun symbol. Yes, <laughs> Actually, for interdiction. Okay. They're considered unarmed. Oh, they, yeah. So you okay. can... No interdiction from yeah. them. Or for affecting route. Cool. Yeah. And that was apparently made clear in Journal 7. And uh, a flamethrower used versus a hut hex automatically causes Fire a flame. On it. Is that true or false? That's true. It's going to burn the crud out of it. Yeah. Unless... It's uh, wet. Unless the flamethrower malfunctions. Run, runs out of steam. Yeah. <laughs> This is a steam flamethrower. Yeah, steam thrower. Steam. Steam you ever powered have burning steam shot at you, man. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. And it takes uh, the the uh, creases out of my pants if <laughs> well, I'm wearing pants. <laughs> Red Chinese units may deploy. Yes. No. I don't that? know. They don't are. Know. They can. can. They? Oh, okay. Yeah. As of Journal Eleven. Okay. I don't, so if you were doing it before then, you was wrong. <laughs> and they're immune to cowering. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I don't. I've never played any of the red Chinese scenarios. I so have. That's little bits from that uh, nuggets. Little nuggets from the nugget. Yeah. Thank hut. you, Paul. Give us some good material. Now here's yeah, a great, great article. Wrapping this up here. Paul Ghost Killers. Great article. Andrew Hershey. One thing to note here. He does these little tables for this is Korea. Oh, okay. Getting a great Korea preview here. Oh, Maps, is that what that is? Some history. The ghost catchers, these guys were called, the Korean War. It's a unit, uh, you know, the, uh, t uh, t uh, there's a word for this, uh, how the units are organized, table of organization, or I don't know. Uh, but the Korean troops here had some Japanese weapons early, hmm. like 49 to 50, Korean War. Okay. Uh, by 50... They're still using some American machine guns and Japanese mortars here in this uh, company headquarters. It's a KMC rifle company used in ASL. And as you go through, it runs through a nice history about these. I think these were the Marines. This is the Korean Marines. Okay. All right. And then they were attached with Americans, and you see these in these tables. I just thought it would remind me of uh, kind of the history here. And then it goes through where they fought, you know, how they were then fighting with the American Marines for a while, where they fought this very... Uh, punch bowl, very famous thing. I don't know much about it. So time to learn my Korean history and yeah. Korean War. I'm going to bet you're going to see a lot of scenarios uh, bet. in there. And it lists different other, the Jamestown line 
and the outposts. And then near the end of the war, 51 plus, you got a company headquarters with American weaponry, and there's a U.S. Marine Corps liaison team. So you get a couple of half, American half squads and an eight neg one American leader, and then the weapons platoons, recon detachments, and so on, and I think guns that wow. will go with them. Wow, he's got a nice bibliography. Wow, you wow. Of some books to read, he says it's very hard to find information on this about Korean, the Korean War Marines. So his oh, sources okay. are simply uh, like I thought I saw like. Uh, Well, I thought some were just little like regimental publications, but okay. And then there's an article by Chaz Argent, counters for the second edition, just showing the clarity how they were really junky previously. Mm-hmm. I don't think you always like those articles, do you? I, you know, yeah, they're okay. Paul Sidu wrote kind another article. Wow, Moss Mouse. He's really talking about maneuver, of offensive, surprise, security. Mass, objective, unity of command, simplicity, and economy of force, making the words Moss Mouse. What do you call that when you acronym? An acronym, yes. Okay. And I thought it wasn't all that helpful. It's hard to apply some of those military ideas mm. to ASL, but he, but he did a good job. Gives illustrations. One thing that's new here, <coughs> foxholes are showed to see through when they're hidden. Oh, I see. In the in his illustrations, instead of there. like outlined yeah. in white, like right. the old issues, they're, they should make them a little see through now in the graphics. Yeah. Nice touch, MMP. And how to form single hex fire groups by Ken Dunn and J.R. Tracy. And I didn't really highlight anything in here. It's a you know, I think it's pretty basic. But again, the journals for everyone. New yes, players, starter right. players. Yeah. And you run out a little, who do you shoot first, your machine gun? You fire it separately. Do you fire your leader? Right. And it tells you what the benefits are. Um, the debriefing. That's, that's one that, that Rich helps me with all the time, and you do too. You say, you know, if you fire them first instead of them, then if they cower, da 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 Yeah, if you and don't. I, I forget if that If you don't all use your the leader, time. they might right. cower, then yeah. you lose your subsequent or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah so that... It'd be a good article yeah. for you too. Yeah. Debriefing with your errata. Scenario hmm. analysis by Matt Shostak, our friend. For Matt. Wh- uh, which scenario? AP seventy one head in the noose. Okay. Uh, with some nice graphics of how the American can play it, how the German can defend it. Again, I I did read all that article because uh, it had see it has the illustrations you needed with that replay one yeah. that didn't have with it, and the last pages. Recon, Flames in Hatton. Now in playtest, historical ASL module from designer Andrew Rogers covering the battles in Hatton, France. Did you ever hear of that? No, and I've never heard of Andrew Rogers. <laughs> Me neither. Either. Both. Yeah. Either. <laughs> we should get him on the show. We should. It's going to it be. It sounds good. It's, uh, it was 1945 in January. It looks like they're going to have winter, giant winter historical yeah, boards. Yeah, that? That's gorgeous. And again, who came up with the idea of winter boards? David Kleinschmidt. This guy. Um... And it's a German panzer division against the Americans. So that's something new coming up. Nordwind. Operation Nordwind. Excellent. Yes, let's contact him. Or he can contact us. Yes, that would be great. Yeah. Give us a call. Shows you the whole big historical map. I don't know when that's predicted to come out. And there you go. Wow, so great stuff. Journal 12, definitely worth owning. I'm going to order a copy. I've been a little slow on my ordering. Yes, sir. 
So I hope everybody orders a copy until they're out of print, and then Dave can sell his extra copy for yeah. big money. There you go. You have two copies, I see. On eBay. Yes, of course. Oh, I did not get two of 12. Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. Well, then don't do that. Well, very good. Great stuff in there. And we'll talk about that next time? Yes. Okay, great. Sure. We got some great stuff coming up the next show. Mm-hmm. I don't know when we're going to get a chance to do that. It might be quite a while. Could be. Might be 10 minutes from now. Or that. Yeah. Dave, when you need to scratch your ASL itch, uh-huh. where do you where do you go? I have to go somewhere where there's fast service. Yes. Somewhere where the store clerks are very nice. Nice clerks, yep. Somewhere where I'm going to get good ASL bang for my buck. Yep. And selection. And free shipping. X. So here's where I go. Where do you go, I'll, Jeff? I'll let you in on a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Ritter Creek. What is that again? Ritter Creek. Ritter Creek. Rittercreek.com. They've got selection. They've got fast shipping. They've got, what was the other thing you asked for? Friendly clerks. Friendly clerks. I'm talking friendly. They're great at Ritter Creek. They got all kinds of stuff. It's a great website to go and peruse around and ASL stuff galore. And free shipping now. Free shipping, which is possibly beat that. Now, we want you to go to your local neighborhood gaming store and support them any way you can. If you got one anymore. But if there's ASL to be had, go to Ritter Creek. RitterCreek.com. Thank you, everybody, for still got the spirit. for bearing with us through this. And uh, remember to roll low and rally well, but, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye, Bye, everybody. I don't know a lot about the Korean War, and I was—I have not been excited about the Korean module module until you showed me the pictures there, and that article. That, it's a good article. Yeah, yeah. About now the Korean Marines. Kind of got me cranked up a little yeah. bit. About well, that. It's something we should learn more about. Yeah, because I know it's terrible when everything you know you learn from television shows, or you know, that's that's a terrible <laughs> way to learn stuff. Kind of. I suspect they. You know, it's not uh, always very factual. <laughs> <laughs>